Today we're talking about spiritual gifts. We, we're talking about the fact that we are all gifted uniquely and purposefully for the purposes of the kingdom. That, that God has given each and every one of us um, different talents, abilities, and that also the Spirit sometimes helps us to be helpful in the kingdom. And so today I want you to know that every single one of us, we're going to do a little bit of review. You are gifted. Say, say I. Say every. Say all. Do you guys hate it when I make you say things? I'm going to keep doing it. Let's go. It, it makes me know that you're with me. Everyone is gifted. If you are a follower of Christ, you have been uniquely gifted to, to build the kingdom, to serve God, and to serve each other. Hey, even if you are not a follower of Christ, I want you to know that God has already gifted you with things that can be used for the building of the kingdom. We're all gifted. All those that live by the Spirit, all, say all. all. All those that live by the Spirit are gifted by the Spirit for His kingdom. This is just review. Uh, last week we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Today we're going to be in verse 12 through 31. But we were talking last week about the fact that, that every one of us has been gifted, and when we use those gifts for His glory and for each other, the Spirit of God literally shows up. We, people can see God when God's people are living by the Spirit. We also talked about the fact that we are to live and use our gifts for the common good. And so, so today, Paul builds on what he wrote last week. Paul's gospel, uh, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth is where we were last week. It's where we're going to be today. Today, he builds on it, and he talks about three things that we're going to look at. Number one, that we are to be unified in our gifts Number two, he talks a little bit about some of the, the potential barriers to us living unified, using our gifts. And, and the third thing is he shows us a better way to live, to serve, to function. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up with me. We're going to read God's word. We stand because we want to honor God's word and because we believe, I believe that, the, that this word is for you and I. Uh, it was written a long time ago. Um, this letter specifically was written to a group of people, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is living and active through the Word, and that God has something for us today. So, so this is a little bit long. Hang in here with me. Uh, you can follow along on the screen while I read. Um, we're going to start in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we are all given the one Spirit to drink. <clears throat> Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now this is where it gets pretty interesting. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, well, the foot can't say that because it's not a mouth, right? But if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact... God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet, 
I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable um, and the parts that we think less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unrepresentable, um, unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put, together, put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have an equal concern for each other. Listen to this. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now listen to this. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, um, then, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. All right, have a seat. We're going to work through this. This is really good stuff. And like I said, I believe that you will be encouraged as you hear God's word today. So I want to reiterate, I want to start by reiterating what says in verse 29. Now you are the body of Christ. I just want us to hear this today. As a group of people that have gathered together to worship, I want you to hear this. You are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And each, say each, each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you. All believers are a part of the body of Christ. Anyone who's put their faith in God, anyone who is living for his purposes, is a part of the body. Anyone who's accepted Christ, period. There is no, like, halfway membership um, to the body of Christ. If you, if you accept him, you're a part of the body. So everyone it's a part of the body of Christ that has accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But here's the thing. You're not just called to be a part. You are called to contribute. Paul is telling us here that it's not just about being a part of the body, but that, that the body that you are meant as a part to contribute to the whole. Each part is meant to contribute to each. Just like our body, each part of our body contributes to the body. In fact, I'll share this really quick. I, I was reading in a, a, some commentaries this week and something, this could be taken really harshly. You guys know I'm not a real harsh person, right? Um, you, you guys know I love you, and I would never say anything to, to hurt you, but I believe that this is important for us to acknowledge. Uh, the body, every part of your body, serves a purpose within the body. Our bodies are incredibly wired to work together. Now, there is something that sometimes exists within the body that only works for itself. It only feeds itself. It only helps itself. It's not about the rest of the body. It feeds itself. It grows itself. Do you guys know what that is? It's cancer. It's sickness. It's something that is not meant for the body. Now listen, I don't want to be harsh, but, but there is no halfway in the kingdom. You can't just say, okay, I'm a part of it, and, but I'm going to sit back here and, and just, you know, feed off of you guys. That's not how it works. We are called not just to be a part, but we are called to contribute 
to the body. If we're not contributing, guess what? There's a problem. There's a problem. God has perfectly designed the body, not just our physical bodies, but the body of Christ to, to work together. You guys know our bodies are incredible, right? Your body works together all the time. Like your body heals itself, your body grows. I, I use this example at first service. How many of you ever have done a push-up? All right, all right, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. This is fun. How many of you have ever done um, 50 push-ups? Okay, how many of you have ever done 100? Okay, you guys are awesome. You guys win. I've just, I'm just got my hand up for no reason. I mean, but, but here's the cool thing. How many of you remember when you started doing push-ups? And the first time, you, you know, I, I was actually in the gym with my boys the other night, and we were, we were playing dodgeball, me against two of the boys. And I, I said, if I win, you guys are doing push-ups, 10 push-ups. And they were like, no. And I said, it's good for you. Do push-ups. And I won because, you know, I'm like 10 times their size and, you know, a lot older, and I can throw the ball a lot harder. And, and so, so, like, my kids were doing push-ups, and it was hard for them to do push-ups. If you're just starting out and you haven't done push-ups in a while, it's, it's not very easy. You know what's really cool, though? If you do, like, five push-ups one day and you struggle, and then you do, like, five the next day or a couple days later, and then you do, like, five a couple days later, and maybe then a couple days later you, you get up to seven or eight, you get up to ten, your body is actually growing. Our bodies are made so amazing. It's not just that your body, like if you struggle with a push-up, you're never going to do a push-up. Your body is made to meet the force and to grow. God has designed our bodies perfectly. Think about this. Think about all the people that live in different areas of the world and all the different diets that they eat. Isn't it incredible that all of our bodies are designed to work? Even, we don't all eat the same thing. Some animals just eat one thing. One thing. Is it pandas that eat bamboo? It's pandas that eat, they just eat bamboo, and if they don't eat bamboo, they're in big trouble. We eat all sorts of things. Our bodies are amazingly created, perfectly put together, perfectly to work together. You are the body of Christ, each and every one of you. And each of you has a part. So, so let's look through this. The first part, Paul talks about the fact that we are built for unity. Unity. Just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all, say all, all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Say one. One. So all one one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. In other words, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, when we accept Christ, all of us have the same spirit living in and through us. All of us. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So there's a theme through the first 11 verses that picks up here, is that we are one. I'll bet when you guys stood up, um, when, when Amy asked you to talk to each other, I'll bet the answers for almost all of you were different. That the ways you're gifted, the ways you're wired, are different than each other. Look around. There's a, I'm really getting you working today. Come on, you're getting a workout. I'm helping you out. You're going to be doing push-ups by the end of this thing. Let's go. We're all different. We're made that way. Each and every one of us. 
but we're meant to be a part of one body. We are meant to exist in unity. The church, God's design for his people, is to live and function in unity. Now, this is so cool because let's be honest, the world is a broken, broken place. And you don't have to go very far today to find hatred, division. I mean, if you open up your phone and go on the internet, boom, there it is. When you walk out the doors of this church, there it is. Yesterday, I was driving out of my neighborhood. We were on our way to the, the football game, the UC game, and we're driving out of our neighborhood, and right in front of us in the middle of the street is two people getting in an altercation. And I, was, I, I didn't even know what to do, but I just sat there because I, I didn't want it to get any more out of hand than it needed to, and so I just sat there in my car. But like, you, you don't even have to look for it. Divisions everywhere. But listen to me. God has perfectly designed the church to be unified. We have the answer to the problems that exist in the world around us, and it's one God. It's unity, living together for one purpose. You may be saying, how can we be unified when we're all so different? We're all gifted different. We all have different personalities, desires. We're all different. Let me show you. Let's have some fun. All right, I'm going to have our worship team come up. Anyone that wants to, if you're not feeling up to it, it's cool. I'll call on other people. Come on up. Chris Coffin, come up here. You're up here sometimes. Let's go. All right. Um, hey, Robert, get on up here. He's my brother. I can call him out. Um, my bigger brother, <laughs> my older, bigger brother. All right, so here we go. I, I, we're going to have some fun here. I want you to see how this unity thing works. So Amy, I want you to stand over here. And Amy, we're just going to talk about some different giftings. We'll say Amy is an Enneagram number three. I don't even know what that is. Does anyone know what an Enneagram three is? I don't care. All right. Uh, she's an Enneagram three. So Amy, you kind of just point yourself that way. You're an Enneagram 3. There we go. Uh, all right. Let's see. Bob. Bob is a gifted musician. You guys have seen that, right? He's up here playing the guitar. So Bob is a gifted... Why don't you just, you know, look, look at the guitars back there. They're pretty sweet. Nate. Oh, man. This guy is a prophet. I mean, he really might not be, but I'm just, I'm, I'm making this up. But, but he's got, let's pretend that he's got the gift of prophecy. Nate, you go ahead and uh, just, you know, look back that way. All right, Chris, Chris has the, he's got the gift of dancing. Let's be honest. You guys have seen him dance, right? All right, Chris, go ahead and turn yourself that way. Uh, Robert, Robert's got the gift of encouragement. Now we know I'm joking. <laughs> Robert's got the gift of encouragement. Go ahead and turn yourself that way. So we're all gifted in different ways. We're all different, right? All right, watch what happens. When we accept Christ as our Savior, and we're filled with the same Spirit, everybody turn towards me. All of a sudden, we're all still over there, we're all different, we've all been gifted different, but all of a sudden, we're turning our lives, sorry to the people on, on the camera, you can see them, we're turning ourselves towards Christ. Now watch this. Hey, walk towards me, guys. Walk towards me. All right, these are the same people. All right, you guys can stop. Come on, COVID. Be careful. <laughs> They're all gifted, right? They're all unique. Each one of them, they've all got different gifts and abilities. But did you see what happened when they all turned toward the same purpose and started following the same voice? What happened? They all got closer together. And they were unified. You guys can have a seat. Give them a hand. Thank you. Sorry for joking with you guys. Encouragement is not my spiritual gift. Uh, <laughs> that's the picture of unity. 
Every single one of us here in the church is designed and built differently. And if we're, if we're facing off in our own direction, doing our own thing, we're not unified. But the second we accept Christ, we're filled by the Spirit, and we start to listen, and we start to live for that purpose, we come together, and we're unified. Listen, we don't have to agree on, on what kind of music to sing. We don't have to agree on the lights or the carpet. We don't even have to agree on, you know, whether a message is good or not. We are filled by the same Spirit. It says that the, the same Spirit is given to all of us to drink. In other words, we are filled by the Spirit, and we are living for the same purpose if we're focused on Christ. That's where our unity comes from. Can you imagine what it would be like? So, I'm not meaning to be discouraging, but I know that sometimes you come into church... And, and you've had a lot going on in your week. <clears throat> and I know sometimes that you come into church with a million things on your mind. And, and if I'm being honest, there's a problem in today's culture that church has become a consumer thing. Church has become a consumer thing. In fact, we even, we even use consumer terms when we talk about churches. We say, I'm shopping for churches. Right? You've heard people say that? And listen, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to get on to anyone here because all of us are guilty of this, but, but we've turned church into kind of a consumer thing where when we walk in the doors of the church, sometimes our first thing is, hey, do I like what I'm seeing? Is this church good for me? Do I like the music? Does it appeal to me? Was that message good? Does that guy talk too much about sports or his kids? Is he too weird? It, and we make it about us and a consumer thing. That's not how it's meant to be. We are meant to please God and worship God together. What do you think would happen next week? What do you think would happen if each and every one of us, before we ever stepped foot into worshiping together, and by the way, hopefully you're worshiping way before you get in this building, but what would happen if before we gathered together, each and every one of us made the same commitment to say, God, it's not about me today. It's not about what I want. It's about your glory. Can you imagine what the Spirit would do in us and through us? God has perfectly designed us, gifted us to follow his will for his kingdom to be unified, and our unity comes in our purpose, in our Savior, in the Spirit. The key is surrendering our own will and turning to God's will. So that's the first part, unity. You are meant, you are a part of the body, and the body is meant to live unified. The second part is some of the barriers to this. We've got to get going here. There's two barriers that Paul mentions to unity and, and to the church functioning the way it should. In verse 15, Now if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it does not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. What this is talking about is when we look at ourselves and say, because I'm not that, I'm not important. We've all done this, haven't we? We've all heard a good um, you know, speaker or singer, or we've all seen someone who has tremendous gifting. And sometimes the temptation is to say, man, I'm... I'm not like them, and so I'm no good. Listen to me very carefully today. Every single one of us 
is important to the body of Christ. And it's really easy to look at others and play the comparison game and say, I'm just, I'm not as good at that guy as that guy. I, I, can't, I can't sing like them. I, I can't speak like that person. I don't have anything to offer. Paul says, no, no. You, just because you don't think you have something to offer doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us to be a part of the body and to build the body. You know what happens when we, when we start playing the comparison game and when we start thinking that I'm not enough? We stop contributing. We stop doing our part. And the truth of the matter is, the body of Christ is at its best when we're all contributing. And it says, it's gonna say later that when one part suffers, the rest suffer. You are uniquely gifted. I don't care what the person sitting next to you is gifted with, God has gifted you to contribute to the body of Christ. You are needed, you are important. Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every single one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. There is no part of the body that is unimportant. You were created exactly the way you are for his purposes, for his glory, and for the body of Christ. It's one thing to say, hey, I'm not good enough. I don't have the gifts. The, the problem I have with that is it's not just that we're doubting ourselves at that point. Because God has created the body, designed the body to function together, and so we're not just saying, hey, I'm not good enough. We're saying, God, you made a mistake. And that doesn't happen. God gave each and every one of us a part. So the first issue is when we look at ourselves. I've got two homework assignments for you. I don't usually, if you're new, I don't usually give you homework assignments, but today I'm giving you a homework assignment, and trust me, it'll be good for you. Um, the first thing I want you to do this week is this. I want you to think every day about the way that God has uniquely gifted you and created you to serve the kingdom. Think about the gifts that God has given you. I want you to be encouraged as you think about those things. Every single one of us has been given gifts. I want you to think about that. That's homework assignment one. It's simple. You don't have to write anything down and turn it in to me. It's cool. Just think about it. And then offer that. Say, God, I want to serve you with the gifts you've given me. The second issue he brings up, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I, I don't need you. The eye cannot say, I don't need you. you gotta, come on, get with me here. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. That's not how it works. We don't get to, one part, one problem is when we look at ourselves and say, because I'm not that, I'm not good enough, I'm not important. The other part is when we look at each other and we say, hey, because you're not as good as me or because you're not this, I don't need you. Can you imagine, he says, well, what if the whole body was just one part? Can you imagine? I mean, isn't that the silliest thing? I almost brought a hand in here just to show, like, put it on the ground. I almost did. I, know, I didn't know if it would be received well, but, but I almost brought a hand just to put it on the ground and say, like, go ahead, accomplish something. You can't do it. The hand needs the feet, and it all needs the brain and all this stuff, right? We're all a part of the body. The head can't look at the feet and say, I don't need you. Without our feet, we're going to struggle. So, so it's one thing to look at ourselves and say, I'm not good enough, but, but this is kind of the, the diva problem. It's when we look at ourselves and then we look at others and we say, they're not good enough. 
you're not needed. That's just not true. God perfectly designed the body to come together. And each and every, hear me, hear me say this. Each, say each. Each and every one of you are a part of the body and meant to contribute to the body. Verse 24, but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So number one, we are to be unified. The problems with unity are when we start comparing, when we think we're not good enough, or when we think others aren't good enough, and we cheat God's plan... And, and then he shows us this better way. I'm going to read it again. But God has put the body together, um, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. I'm going to start with that last line. If one part suffers, every part suffers. You guys know this is true in the body, right? Yes, nod your head if you know that the body is connected, and if one part of your body suffers, nod your head if you're over 30 years old, and you get this, and you, you guys are asleep, aren't you? Nod your head if you're old and you feel it, because I'm going to be honest with you, I feel it. Um, after college, I had tendonitis in my left knee, and all of a sudden, like three weeks ago, it showed up again. And like, I'm just walking down a flat road, like just, just like this platform, walking, and it feels like someone's stabbing me in my knee. What's that all about? And it makes me just want to sit down and do nothing. Just that, just this knee that I never think about. If it's suffering, I'm suffering. Yesterday, by, by the way, moral of the story, I'm falling apart here. <laughs> Yesterday, all of a sudden my eyelid started to hurt. I think I got a little spot on it. And last night when I went to bed, my eye was hurting a little bit. I did not sleep well last night because I kept, I was like dreaming that my eye was swollen and I kept waking up. And I suffered last night because of this little spot on my eyelid. When I woke up this morning, I thought it was going to be like this big, and I was going to have to get someone else to speak or wear an eye patch or something, but, but it's, it is a little swollen. But when one little part of your body suffers, your whole body suffers. You know, on the flip side, um, uh, let's keep talking about how messed up my body is. When I was 30, uh, my back started hurting, my lower back. I mean, there were days that I couldn't stand up straight. I was walking around like this, and, and I would just lay for days, and it, it hurt so bad. And you know what I learned? That if I take care of my legs better, my back feels better. That if my legs are in better shape, if I just do stretches every day to make my legs feel better, magically, my back starts feeling better. It's not just that one part suffers when another, the whole body suffers when one part does, but the whole body gets better when, when one rejoices, we all rejoice with it, and the body grows. God has built us to be unified, to grow together. And so here's the thing, you, here's the better way. You can lift each other up. This is what I love. And, and our take on life, the world's take on life, is that when we're different, when we're diverse, that's what divides us. The truth of the matter is, because God has perfectly designed the body with each and every one of us playing our part and we need each other, there's unity in our diversity. The fact that we're different actually should bring us together because we need each other. 
You can't do it on your own. None of us can. But God has designed us to work together to lift each other up so that the body will function the way he created it to function. God designed the body of Christ so that it would care, that we would care for each other, that we would lift each other up. So here's homework number two. Homework number one is what? All right, homework number one is now wake up. Homework number two <laughs> is think about the ways that God has gifted you. Think about it every single day. Think about how God has gifted you and how you can use those gifts. Here's, this is a good one. I want you to find three people this week, and I want you to encourage them, and I want you to lift them up. I want you to see the gifts that God has given them. I want you to see the way that they have been uniquely made, and I want you to encourage them. Can you guys do that? You can do it through a text. You can call. You can you go the old-fashioned way and talk to them. You could post it on so, the new-fashioned way and post it on social media. Whatever you want to do. Encourage each other. Let's lift each other up. That's the better way. God designed the body diverse, not so that we would be pulled in all these different directions, but so that we could, as one, work together for his kingdom and his purposes. Verse 31, he says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I want to talk about this for a second. Eagerly desire the greater gifts. Why would we need to desire gifts if we're all unique and we're all on our own place and we all work together? Why do we need to desire gifts? Well, I want you to see it's for the better way. It's so that we can serve each other better. It's so we can serve his kingdom better. The reason we desire greater gifts is not so that I can become better, so that you can like me more. It's so that I can serve God and his people better. So there's a really beautiful thing here to say, God, give me a gift that I can give away. Help me to be a better encourager. Scott, thank God for you, man. Best encourager I've ever met. If you don't know Scott, get to know Scott. If you need some encouragement, this is your dude right here in the front row. He is my greatest encourager. You know what? God's been giving me through him the gift of encouragement to where I'm now thinking, hey, I can reach out and I can lift someone else up. That's how the body is meant to work. Pray that God will give you gifts to be used for his purposes. It's a better way. He goes on, um, and, well, let me say this. The church will be its most effective when all, say all, all its parts are functioning in unity. And each of us will be the most blessed when we live in unity with each other. Paul goes on, he ends this, this chapter by saying, there's a better way. And then it goes into a chapter that even if you've never been to church before, you've probably heard it. If you've been to a wedding, it's the love chapter in chapter 13. And he starts talking about love. But he starts by saying, listen, I could have the greatest gifts I could speak in great tongues. I could, I could have, he, he's following up on the talk of gifts. I could have all of these great gifts, but if I don't have what? Love, then it's worthless. And he says, love, what? Never fails. Listen, we have all been uniquely gifted, but it's not about the gifts. It's about the kingdom. It's about the body. It's about loving God and loving each other. So the gifts you've been given have been given to you so that you can love God and love each other 
better. Don't sit back. And listen, we could have gone a lot deeper into the different gifts, and I, I would encourage you to read, and I would encourage you to study. But don't sit back and think, hey, I'm worthless. You're not. And don't sit there and think, because we're different, we can't be one. Because if we're here for his purposes, we will be one. It's all about love. It's all about serving God and serving each other. We have a great example of this. We're going to close um, away something we do every month that, that I love. We're going to be taking communion together. We have a beautiful example of what it looks like to live with a purpose in Jesus Christ. Listen, if there was ever a person that walked the face of this earth and Jesus Christ walked the face of this earth, if there was ever a person that walked the face of this earth that didn't need other people, it would have been Jesus. But guess what? He loved us. And he needed us. And he gave everything. If there was ever a person that was gifted to where, I mean, Jesus could have done anything he wanted to. He was the greatest. If there was ever someone who didn't need to sacrifice or anything, you could say it was Jesus, but you'd be wrong. Jesus, even though he was considered equal with God, part God, part man, he gave his very life. He gave everything so that we could live so that we could have life. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take communion together. Jesus gave us a perfect example of love. Jesus gathered with his disciples. I love this picture. He gathers with his disciples. He knows he's gonna go to a cross and die for them, for us, and he gathers with them for one last meal, and he says, listen, this bread is my body that's broken for you. This cup, is my blood that's shed for you. Jesus, even though he was perfect in every way, Jesus gave everything to serve the Father and to serve us. Today, I want us to follow this example and take communion together. So here's what we're gonna do. The worship team's gonna come up, and I want this to be, this could be a really, listen, in first service, there was something really cool that happened. I'm gonna invite you to take communion while we sing this last song. I want you, as you take communion, to think about the sacrifice that Christ made for you. Think about the amount of love that it took for Jesus to give everything for you. And I want you to think about how God has gifted you to serve others. So here's the deal. During this last song, at any point in this last song, I want to encourage you to get up and go. There's communion all over the room. There's some in the back, the sides, here in the front, over here on the side. And I want you to, when you're ready, I want you to be praying, and I want you to come, and I want you to take communion. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for showing me the way. Now I give everything to you. I, I want to encourage you to do something even maybe different. Maybe there's some people that you want to gather around with. It was really beautiful. In first service, there was a group that was gathered right here in the front that gathered together and prayed together and encouraged each other. We are meant to be one. So if there's somebody here that you would want to go take communion with, take it together. Pray together, grab a group. If you want to be on your own, that's fine. You can come kneel at an altar. You can go to your seat. You can come over here to the side. Whatever you want to do, you can stand. Let's respond to his word. Each and every one of us are part of his body for his purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your grace. Father, we love you. And I thank you that you loved each and every one of us. If there's anyone here that's doubting that right now, please, Lord. 
Please, Lord, help us to know that you gave everything for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that we would give everything to you, that we would turn, that we would start following you, that we would have you be our Lord and Savior. And today, as we take communion together by ourselves, however, I pray, Lord, that we would experience your love and your sacrifice, and I pray that we would give all we have for you, that we would live for you every day. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Hey, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, one last thing, says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God.